All right, welcome back. It is Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. I am one of your hosts, Josh Kuypers, and I'll let my co-host here introduce himself tonight. Hey, I'm the other host. I'm Anthony Oakman. And Anthony currently has his long man hair blowing back in the breeze <laughs> at the at, at the quasi-in-law's place. Uh, yes, I'm a, broadcasting live from... from uh, Pierce, South Dakota, uh, at my, my girlfriend's folks's place, which is a, I don't know if I've ever told you this before, Josh, but it's actually the, I just saw the historical marker outside, but it, there was a governor that lived here. This was the governor's mansion. Oh my gosh. Tell me it wasn't Archie Goobrood. It's not, I think it's Co Crawford was the name. Oh man. That's a, that sounds like a 1950s actor, uh, in (laughs) Westerns or something. Co Crawford. I'm going to quick look him up because I saw it was, I can't remember if it was the sixth or the ninth. I got dyslexia um, oh, governor. So this, nice. So yeah, it's back in the day. So he died in 1944. So that'll tell you oh, yeah. a little about old co sixth governor and as a U.S. U.S. Senator. So that's pretty amazing. It's a pretty, I mean, like I said, it, there's a historical marker literally in their lawn. <laughs> so it's a, <laughs> it's a pretty historical, beautiful house. Like I, something that I'm a big fan of is like old historical homes uh-huh. or not even necessarily historical, but I, I'm a big fan of old homes. Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm, I've always, I always appreciate crashing here. Um, it's one last cool thing about this place uh-huh. uh, is that, so when they built it and they dug the foundation, there's this huge boulder <laughs> that at the time they didn't have the technology to pull out. So there's just this massive boulder in Angie's parents' basement. <laughs> no way. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. And there's like a railroad spike, like hammered into it. Like they must've tried something. Wow. It out. Yeah. 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 That's sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Talk, yeah. Talk about character in an old home. Yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll go down there and take a picture tomorrow that we can throw on the uh, Twitter page. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see that. And one more cool thing about that house is you have a bearskin rug directly over Correct. your shoulder that I'm yes. going to be looking at all night. So yes, yeah, I, I pivoted just so uh, <laughs> that guy's visible back there. Um, actually, right behind me, this door leads to this really cool like upper deck of their house too. It's a very oh. cool house, very cool house. Yeah. Dang. Well, man, yeah, some on location uh, yes. recording <laughs> this week. That's pretty sweet. I know the answer to this. And so I might uh, ask for your second favorite, but so I know it's not Co Crawford. Who's your favorite South Dakota governor? It's Bill Janklow. Right. Obviously. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about him is fascinating and hilarious. <laughs> yes. You just got the sweet koozie today for your koozie collection. Oh, yeah. Yep. The Bill Janklow, Bill Janklow's diabetes screening 2002, <laughs> 2002. koozie. <laughs> this thing is a, a gem. <sighs> If you're not from South Dakota and you don't know who Bill Janklow is, just go ahead and look up that Wikipedia. Yeah, it is. It'll take you on a roller coaster for sure. <laughs> Bill Janklow is a fascinating, uh, a fascinating piece of American history, and I really hope that he gets his own Dick Cheney esque uh, like Vice <laughs> biopic yeah. because it could be as good or better. I oh, really absolutely. think in the in the right hands, that is a fascinating story. <laughs> And not to make light of this, but Dick Cheney only shot a guy in the face. Bill Janklow actually killed a guy. Yeah. So. Yeah. And not like, I mean, Dick Cheney technically killed thousands oh, right. of people. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, indirectly. But Bill Janklow, like, literally <laughs> killed a person directly. Yeah. At least one person. <laughs> right. 
if if you ask me, that at least of. three people. <laughs> is that actually based on something? Yeah, dude. So um, <laughs> this is now a Bill Janklow podcast. Yes. Um, actually, that would so be great. Back in the 70s when he was like the district attorney, um, this woman, uh, this Native American woman, like accused him of rape. And oh they like gosh. before before they went to trial, she died. And then it gets worse. Oh no. <laughs> it gets worse. So her like a mother in law or something, some family member was like gonna push it forward and she's like, I'm gonna represent her because this is not okay. Mm-hmm. She ended up dead. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you don't even know that's like you're a, yeah. you lived you grew up in South Dakota. You had no idea that happened. This is before he was elected to governor four separate <laughs> times. Oh my gosh. Or two two separate right. times, four separate terms. Four separate yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I had no idea about that. Yeah. It's a wild it's all on his Wikipedia page. Look it up. It's yeah. a wild story. <laughs> yeah, I guess I need to take my own advice and do some reading on Bill Janklow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll have to look into Cole Crawford and see if he had any skeletons in the closet. But uh yeah, my personal favorite, as as I've mentioned already, is was Archie Goobrood, just because the name's Archie Goobrood. And he's got a real Damn. grapes of wrath looking portrait in the Capitol building in Pier, so What's his, can you describe his portrait for me just to see if he's the one that I'm thinking of? He is, he's got like a light colored suit jacket and slacks on with kind of a rounded hat with a brim. That's the exact same one I'm thinking of. Yep. It's a great, great portrait. Yep. There's that one. And then there's a guy who I think he was governor in like the sixties or seventies and he's wearing his portrait. He's like standing on like one of the river Hills and he's got a cowboy hat and a suit on. Yeah. Like a full, like, and he's just like, he looks like a character from like Dallas, the old TV show. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a more like recent the Capitals, one, right? Yeah. The Capitals like in the background. Yeah. I'm um, like over his shoulder. I'm not sure. I want to say, like I said, I think he was governor shortly before Janklow's first term. Yeah. Like I, I want to say sixties at the absolute earliest, probably seventies. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't think we we're shy about our love of South Dakota history. No, yeah, <laughs> or, I am. I'm obsessed. I'm actually, uh, despite COVID, I'm probably going to walk over. Angie's parents also live like a block from the Capitol, so oh yeah, Get um, on Angie's, over there. Angie's doing like a, a pop up shop tomorrow, so I, I always like to just take a little self guided uh, mm-hmm. tour around the Capitol. Yeah, good call. We uh, it's a family tradition every. Every Christmas we go and spend a day mm. up at the old Capitol, look at the Christmas trees, wow. feed some geese, you know. All right. Well, let's get into the episode now that you've got our South Dakota history. Yep, we've covered that portion of the show. We're going to move on. Uh, yeah, I think we should, We should once uh, season one is done, uh, we should make a list of all the segments we've done, the South Dakota history segments <laughs> <Yes>. and <laughs> all that, and then uh, decide which ones we want to bring back as yeah. regulars for yeah. season two. We can maybe do a, a poll on the Twitter page. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you drinking tonight, Anthony? Uh, right now, I just emptied... My bottle of my mini 200 milliliter bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. It wasn't full, um, so I've just got a nice little dram here. But I am going to. I did go and pick up a, a sixer of Friendlies. Oh yeah, at the convenience store across the road. So well, we'll probably dig into those uh, here shortly. But right now, it's it was the last day of my summer semester. Oh, so, congrats! Yes, that's what. Yeah, that's what we said last week. We said yep. you'd be finish it up. 
Well, good for you. I'm glad you've got the good stuff tonight. Yeah. Uh, not that grain belt is not the good stuff. And I got to say, uh, much like many other things in you and my friendship, uh, I'm getting into something that you've been onto for a long time. Picked, yes. up, picked some grain belts up for myself. Yes. This week. So I've been drinking these for the past few days. And yeah, it's lovely. It's a great beer. Yeah. It really, like, <laughs> as far as a, a beer, if I'm going to sit down and drink several beers, that is yep. hands down, if that's an option, that's my choice because yep. it is the best. It's very and mm-hmm. not foreign owned, brewed and owned here in these United States, which is a big thing for me. In in the Midwest, in yeah, just just up the road from yeah, me. literally yeah, like two hours from where I live. <laughs> so so I'm with you now, man. I I'm a, that's that's a good drinkable beer right there. So that's what I've got. Now that we've covered South Dakota history and our beverages, let's get into the episode. Let's, let's dig in. Let's and dig into the episode. Boy, we've just spent 20 minutes talking about other stuff, but it's the freaking mud bowl, man. It's the mud bowl. Yeah. It's the episode. Got, yeah. So we'll get we after a spe- it. Special one on our hands tonight. Mud Bowl, episode 20, originally aired March 28th of 2007. Uh, looks like we've got a real short synopsis here on imdb why don't you bless us with that oh movie dude one does have a longer one so first description by anonymous a chemical spill forces coach taylor and the panthers to seek another facility in which to play the crucial state semifinal game well not a great not a great description but that did happen but there are <laughs> several other significant yeah. things that also happened so let's see what movie dude one has to say yep after an accident, Coach Taylor refuses to give up his home field advantage for the next round of the playoffs, even though it means extra work for him and his players. Tim continues to bond with his next-door neighbor as Lila, misspelled again, bonds with Waverly, and Smash warns her that Waverly is not what she seems to be. Fingers are pointed when Cash shows up in the player's locker room. As far as Movie Dude 1 goes, I felt like that was pretty coherent. That is a, if we're ranking, are we still ranking? We're, yeah, ones we're definitely ranking. Yeah. Cause yeah, that's yeah. like, that's like an eight. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, man. That is, yeah, that's good work. We'll give him an eight. So there's the overview. This episode opens up with a naked 17 year old Tim Riggins in a 35 year old mom's bed. Yes. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have anything else written aside from I don't open either. on open that's, on Riggins waking up at his neighbor hot neighbor's house. So. Yep, yep, that's that's what I have too. Um, yep. We flash over to Julie Taylor, and she is worrying about whether they're going to move or not. She can't talk to Matt about it. And then we flash over to oh, maybe we don't flash anymore. I don't know, but we well, find we, out. Well, we got coaches driving. Yeah, and as we we see coach driving right away. And then we cut to Julie is asking Tammy, what are the chances? We say 80, 20, 70, 30, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut back to coach Taylor and, and he's listening to the radio slamming Sammy Mead, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, it's gotta be. And who else would you be listening to? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So slamming Sammy says, uh, he reveals to us that the Panthers have got the semifinal game coming up. And obviously if they, win, they go to state and at state, they may meet an old frenemy. I got my voodoo working. <laughs> That's right. Voodoo Taylor. Tatum. Yes. Tatum. Voodoo Tatum. 
is playing for. Did you catch the team name? They're playing the Brant Vikings in the semifinals. I don't know who Voodoo's playing for. Okay. But yeah, so we got semifinals. They win. They're going to more than likely face Voodoo in the finals. Uh, Jason Street has started coaching Matt Saracen. Yeah, we we see Coach kind of drive by and witness this from a, a distance. Yep, and Jason is trying real hard to be a, a hard-ass coach, wannabe, which I feel like, Jason, it's obvious you're trying really hard to, yeah. to do that. He, over the course of this episode, he's trying really hard. And, like, A, he's trying really hard, and he's not that good at it. B... He's like always got this kind of like whenever he's making comments and you can tell he's trying really hard. He gets this kind of like smirk. <laughs> he can't like can't help himself. <laughs> but yeah, so we get there. We see uh, Street. Yeah. Hard ass coach and Matt Saracen. And I do. I, I got to talk about this as a sidebar. <laughs> Jason Street's outfit. <laughs> he yes. is wearing. First of all, he's got like the pretty outdated. Like I want to say like the. George Clooney 2001 haircut, like the, the oh, Caesar yeah, yeah. haircut. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's got these like purple tinted sunglasses. Yep. And he's wearing a knitted Henley sweater. And he straight up looks like, uh, he looks like one of the Gallagher brothers from Oasis. <laughs> that is a perfect description. He seriously. His, his couture. <laughs> Yes, I, I took a picture of it and I sent it to you. Yeah, when I was watching the episode, I'll uh, remind me when you before you post this episode because I want yeah <laughs> to to share this gem with the the world. I'm not sure what's happening. What's happening with his style there? It, he's it's about this is what 2006 it was filmed, and he's like this is like 2000 2001 style. Right, but like as we know, he's a big Nirvana fan. So That's maybe true. he's like musically in the '90s, and like he caught an Oasis music video. He's like that right there. <laughs> That's gonna be my look. Yeah, he really needed that Nevermind CD, and if he's that <laughs> desperate for Nirvana, yeah, he moved sense. on to Britpop uh, <laughs> this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 works out. The timeline works. Yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. He just caught up, and he. He looked at the Gallagher brothers or maybe somebody from Blur and was like, I need to look like these guys. I need to look like somebody who was playing Britpop in 1995. You nailed it, Jason. <laughs> Good job. You did. You did. Exactly you killed it. what you're going for. <laughs> uh, but coach arrives uh, at the football field at the stadium and there's a lot of there's a lot of hoopla going on in uh, in the build up to the semifinal game that's coming up. Yeah, the whole town is is hype about the semifinal game. They've got the home field advantage, or so they think. <laughs> For about the next hour or so, they still have it. Yeah. Buddy Garrity is up in the stands just as as proud as a peach. I don't even think that's a saying, but he is proud <laughs> as a peach up there, now. showing off his Garrity Motors big, huge sign on the, the bleachers to coach. And so coach arrives at the stadium and then we see the inside of the locker room. Saracen opens his locker and he finds an envelope of cash. Yes, he does. So he's a little confused and concerned by this Coach is in his office and buddy is also in there (laughs) and they have a little exchange and 
I don't even know what they're actually talking about, but uh, I just thought it was great that Coach compliments Buddy on the the work of art that he's got up there yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the installed on the stadium. And Buddy's like, I don't know if it's art, <laughs> <laughs> but he is pretty proud. Yes. Coach is trying to trying to get rid of Buddy, and Matt comes in and uh, wants to talk to Coach about the the money in the lockers. Yeah, yeah, he interrupts buddy and coach and yeah he says hey i i you know matt saracen of course is he basically is like andy griffith like what do you do when you find a bag of cash oh i gotta tell i gotta alert alert the authorities um yeah <laughs> right. he is 100 pure and he goes and tells coach um and as he's telling coach about it there is a large explosion outside yeah well and then it explodes inside the wind yeah blow blows out the windows on yeah. blows them in um and we we just catch a glimpse of kind of a a cloud of smoke going up off in the distance. The Street family is at home and they are talking about the settlement conference for the lawsuit that they have coming up later that night. And the the news is on and we we hear about a train that derailed, which was the explosion, and that there's been a toxic chemical spill. Yeah, toxic waste spilled uh, near the school. So we cut back to outside of school and Julie embraces Matt and she of course is hanging out with Tyra. So Landry gets his Mac on Um, Tyra says, I need to go to the library to study some algebra. Landry um, (laughs) suddenly comes up with an excuse extremely unsubtly (laughs) (laughs) uh, that he also needs to go to, to the library. Yeah, yeah, he just goes ahead and, and stalks her there. So the school's evacuated. Waverly and Lila are hanging out, and they're both pretty ticked off about their men, uh, the men in their lives. So they go shoot guns together. Yes, yeah, yeah, out of frustration. That's the Lila Garrity special. She must be frustrated enough to have a, <laughs> a go-to activity. Did she shoot guns before? Well, because she was like, this is what I do when oh. you like, she says something to Waverly like, yeah, um, you know what I do or she's, and then oh, they cut yeah, to yeah, them yeah. shooting guns. Yeah. So she's got a, she's got a system. Yes. We cut back to the library <laughs> where Landry just chances upon <laughs> Tyra. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, you know, what are the chances I, I'd see you here and all this? Um, she sees right through it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Says, you know, I've already got a tutor. Landry asks her, this is one of my quotes of the episode, by the way. Uh-huh. Okay, well, did your tutor teach Tim Riggins to read in about a day and a half? <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, you know, Landry Landry had some pretty good points. He, he pulled a nice little move here to kind of schmooze his way into the job. Yeah. I was, you know, most of the time Landry, not uh, very impressive with his, with his game, but this was good. This is what he, yeah, he did well. He did. Well. Yeah. He won her over. So yeah, she, she ends up uh, warming to the idea and um, yeah. And that's kind of where we, we leave them as her kind of, you know, you, you can kind of tell by her, her face that she's coming around. Yes. We go back to Tim and his, nearly statutory relationship with Bo's mom. Uh, Tim brings Bo to his mom's job. It appears she works at a bank. 
our another show. another way in yes. which I am Bo Miller. Yes, I thought of that <laughs> when when the yes, your mom worked at well, it's bank. What is it now? Is it still Bank it's, of the West? It's Bank of the West now, but it was yeah. Community First. When community we were First. Yep. Up. Yep. yep. Uh, the where where I personally did my banking as a plat. Actually, but. still uh, bank for Bank of the West. The closest Bank of the West to me is an hour away, but I still bank for them <laughs> because I just I'm too lazy to yep. do the whole switching banks thing. Yep. Plus, well, everything is online now anyway, yeah. so like I can deposit checks with my phone. It's not yeah. right. Yep. Actually, just one more thing. Yeah. Uh, I when the last time I was in Platt, I got some uh, some sick crewnecks for my mom that are like a, just a slightly too small for me, but like they'll fit because like, they're XLs, but they're like. 1990 xls <laughs> right but they're uh one of them says i'm a cfb lever which is community first <laughs> bank <laughs> cfb um i don't remember what the other one says it might just say community first bank they're great that's great, fantastic uh crew neck sweatshirts so, yeah anyway get back it. into it uh so much like anthony's mom bo's mom works at a bank she's not terribly thrilled about tim the 17 year old showing up at his 35 year old lovers job to yeah, small town. She, she kind of cites, yeah, there's, you know, people start rumors in small towns and, and uh, as she's saying that <laughs> one of the bankers comes up and it's like, Hey Tim, you know, we, uh, <laughs> looking forward to the game on Friday. <laughs> you know, <all> so. <laughs> yep. so they know exactly who, who he is. And Tim offers to pick up supper for, <laughs> for his new family that he's adopted. Yes. <laughs> All right, so because of the explosion that happened, the Panthers are not able to practice on their field. So it appears that they have moved practice to, like, the peewee football field. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're practicing, but it's definitely a off-the-beaten-path <laughs> for, the, for the Dillon Panthers anyway. Yeah, there's little kids running around and stuff like that. Coach tells them to shut up and stop complaining about that, and then he brings up the money thing that, uh, Saracen found money in his locker. Wants to know if anybody else did. Nobody says anything though. Yeah, the um, team's silent. Uh, I don't know. And and does this ever get resolved? No, I was going to say that earlier when we first okay. brought this up. Like this goes nowhere. Yeah, this goes absolutely nowhere. And so that's where I'm like watching this scene, knowing what I know. I'm like, did the other team members get cash in their like because they don't. See, they're not like doing like, you know, whistling and looking away or anything. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell. But like, Coach Taylor seems convinced that they all the other ones are getting cash. It's a very confusing storyline. And you know, I always watched the deleted scenes, and I was half expecting for maybe something that got cut that would explain. Not really, not really. And the other thing is, this is a high school. Like what? What does putting money, anonymous money, in the lockers of the players even do? Right. Yeah. I don't know where they're... Listen, they can't all be winners. <laughs> this one is. This episode is a winner. But, uh, you know, as as close to perfect as Friday Night Lights is, this uh, this is just one example. <laughs> we'll deal with more of them in season two <laughs> of uh, maybe not so perfect storytelling. Yeah. Um, Writing yourself into a corner and then <laughs> knowing what to do with it. We... Yeah. yeah, we'll definitely be there. So this is, I mean, pretty much the last that we'll <laughs> hear of the money in the lockers. Coach yeah. kind of brings it up to Buddy. I think we're supposed to maybe 
feel like Buddy had something to do with it. I was wondering that, or maybe like maybe the other team had something to do with it. Yeah, like I almost wondered be. if like maybe the storyline is because like the train derailment along with the coach of the other team being like, "Oh, come play at our facility. We'll just right. do this now." Like I wonder if they were going for a bigger like they derailed the train, but maybe then like realized like, "Oh, that's like super villainy." <laughs> We got to dial that back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like that's diabolical. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where they were going with any of that. Maybe like, yeah, they were going to derail the train and then, you know, uh, like bribe the players on the team into being like, oh, we're okay with playing an away game or what? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Where Not sure. Uh, and while we're speaking of the other team and inconsistencies, I, when I saw the coach from the other team, I'm like, God, I know that guy from somewhere. Who is that? And so I started looking up his, on his IMDB, you know, where I know him from a later episode of Friday night lights where he plays a different coach. (laughs) (laughs) It's, but it's like a major role. It's the one where the coach, like, you know, Tim Riggins is running down the sideline and the coach goes out and tackles him during the game. It's oh yeah. Yep. And that's like um, a two episode storyline. Is is it possible that it's the same coach but he switched teams like he got hired by a different team and switched names cuz there's Okay, that's names. what I wondered. That's what I wondered. <laughs> yeah. That never mind, never mind. Yeah. So double dipping on he's, this. Uh, he's coach in the actor. witness witness protection program for derailing the train. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That explains it. He is with your third eye. His witness protection program only moved him a couple towns down the road, and he's still his high school football coach. But listen, listen, boys. All I know is coaching football in Texas. I can't do nothing else. Maybe he wasn't the one who derailed it. Maybe it was somebody higher up, but he knew about it, and oh, that's yeah. why they have that's why they have to put him in a witness protection. That's the story I'm going with. Yeah, it was the Buddy Garrity of his his school that did it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Yes, the equivalent of Buddy Garrity derailed the train. <laughs> Told the coach about it. Coach is like, I can't be implicit in this. You gotta, you gotta put me in the witness protection program. And then they were like trying to get him other places. Like, listen, no. <laughs> all I know, all I know is coaching football in Texas. You gotta put me somewhere else. Yeah, they put him up in a nice little gig. And then it's a bummer though because in that storyline, his life completely falls apart. It is awful. So his, this is the dude's second life. Yeah. He is, uh, the most tragic character. In front of highlights for we sure. thought it was Lila, but it's not, no. it's this other it's coach this in the witness protection program. Good. Uh, yeah, this is good. I feel like this has might be connected somehow to coach Taylor's second family that we haven't yes. completely figured <laughs> yes. out. <laughs> There's definitely some tie in there. Yeah, I'm Absolutely. starting to draw some lines here. I don't know how they all connect, but this yeah, is the content you tune in for every week. <laughs> yep. Uh, so speaking of this coach, uh, Coach Taylor is working with this poor, poor soul, <laughs> um, and uh, they're trying to negotiate a new site for the game. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, because well, first Mayor Riddell and Buddy inform coach that the EPA shut the school down Yep. Um, for at least a week. <laughs> so they say no way that the Panthers can have a game on Friday. And buddy is 
seems very skeptical of whether this is necessary or not, whether they actually need to, you know, test the air for <laughs> toxic Buddy, fumes. Buddy Garrity is 100% into QAnon in 2020. Also, <laughs> That's exactly where I was going. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's no way that Buddy would put on a mask to protect himself from those toxic fumes. <laughs> You think in, in 2007 when this episode airs that he lost his family and nobody wants to reconnect with him, but now nobody really wants to reconnect with him. He's, he's, he's gone off of the deep end here. Uh, so because of that, they have to try and negotiate where they're going to play. It's not their, It's not the other team, the Brant Vikings. It's not like their home stadium, but... But it's nearer it's by. It's near. Yeah, coach says like they practice there. Yeah, something like that. It's yeah, it's weird, uh, but it's unclear. Yeah, but. but coach is not coach Taylor is not going to allow that to be the solution, and so um, they coach and buddy are in this together. They pack it up. Negotiations fall through. They're heading home, and buddy is talking in the vehicle. He is forlorn about losing his sponsorships and his ad deals for the game. He's real bummed about that. And then this is where coach brings up the cash in the players lockers. And, but it just kind of brushes off. Don't you think we've got bigger things to worry about coach? You know, (laughs) that's the writers saying, (laughs) yeah, we're not sure about this one. So we'll we'll have buddy brush it off. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we cut back to, we see, smash and uh he sees waverly and lila hanging out in the diner uh waverly leaves and smash asks lila about their friendship and lila kind of she kind of gives him the business yeah she, she says um you know we've been going to high school together for or to school together for x amount of years and this is the first conversation we've had for you to ask me you know, what's going on with your girlfriend. And she says, yeah, you know, we've been hanging out doing this and that shooting guns <laughs> and Uh-oh. smashes immediately. Yeah. Concerned. Um, you know, tells Lila that Waverly has bipolar disorder and that uh, she's off her meds and that she definitely should not be firing weapons. <laughs> I did you feel like that was an overreaction from Smash or no? I did not. You're good with that. I agree 100 with his assessment. <laughs> okay, <laughs> people that are, are mentally ill, yeah, probably uh, should probably shouldn't be handling firearms. <laughs> That's fair. I was like, I don't know. It seems like a pretty controlled situation. I'm about to get canceled by the Second Amendment people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the NRA is getting dissolved, buddy. <clears throat> We don't have to listen to that anymore. Uh, (laughs) All right. So coach and buddy are on the way home. They have to stop alongside the road. So buddy can take a leak. They're talking about the field situation and what they're going to do. And coach kind of gets this look in his eye. Yeah. You see the light bulb go off and the gears start turning. Yeah. He's, he's looking out on a, out on a cow pasture. Yeah. An acreage for sale. Yep. Uh, I remember it was like 110 acres or something like that. (laughs) I didn't see way too many for a football field. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. So we don't really know what's going on at this point, but yeah, we, we, something, something's up with coach. We can take a guess. 
Tyra and Landry are studying algebra. Seems to be going well. They're yeah. kind of having a nice little back and forth. She's doing well on her algebra. So once again, Landry is a successful tutor. You know, he should yeah. maybe look into being an educator at some point. If yeah, I hope, I hope so. I hope that, I think he's got the, uh, the uh, personality for, to be an educator. Yeah. And I hope he, he finds out, I hope Mrs. Coach talks to him and says, Hey, I think you kind of got a knack for this between Tim Riggins and, and Tyra now, but uh, yeah, they're, they're having a little tutor session, some funny banter and uh, they agree yes. to study together on Friday night. Uh, Tyra says it's a date and Landry is speechless. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have a look of shocked disbelief. <laughs> uh, here's, here's the full interaction. I, I transcribed it. So Tyra says, uh, if you're not doing anything on Friday, maybe we, yes. Yeah. <laughs> interjects immediately. And then Tyra continues, could get together and study Landry study. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then, yeah, Tyra, great. It's a date then. And then Landry, look of shock, disbelief. So Landry's plan is working swimmingly. It's going off just how he planned it. Yeah, it is, which, yeah, nobody, uh, (laughs) much less Landry, can believe. (laughs) Right. Coach takes Tammy out to the cow pasture to uh, take a look and kind of give her his vision. And Tammy has a lot of very good practical questions about the whole scheme that coach has no answers to. And Tammy's very skeptical that he can pull it off or that he should even be attempting to pull it off. But coach has her kind of close her eyes. Yeah. It's like, close your eyes, pretend you're 10 years old again. You're just playing. You're just playing. I want to play football. (laughs) uh, If I can say, this in the least misogynistic, misogynistic way possible. Uh-huh. Uh, Mrs. Coach is looking extremely good in this scene. These two episodes. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> babe, you're right. Uh, and at the end of this scene, Coach is walking away and she's like, where are you going? And he's like, to the truck to get some blankets. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to... Uh, this is maybe something coach learned from his second family, uh, that he's, he's, a, he's an exhibitionist. <laughs> but there's, there's like cows walking right up to him. <laughs> Which I want to know what happened. Like, okay. Are they renting this land from the person who's selling it? Like to give him some money in the interim? Where, where the, where did those cows go? Did he have to build more fencing to like keep them out of that area? Yeah. I've got some probably irrelevant logistical questions. Yeah. Unanswerable questions at this point. But you know, my first answer to that, or my answer to your first question would be if this is even remotely close to Dylan, you got to imagine that anyone connected with Dylan would like basically keel over dead. If, if they asked to play a Dylan Panthers football game on their property. But so I guess the inspiration has to come from somewhere and that's from the for sale sign. Cause I was like, they wouldn't need to be for sale. Yeah, right. Like they no. could be, they could be doing this anywhere theoretically, yeah. but yeah, maybe, he, maybe he had the Dillon school district, just go ahead and buy the land as an investment and they're going <laughs> to use it for now for a football field. That's where uh, East Dillon ends up eventually. <laughs> there you go. We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it's implied that Coach and Tammy uh, 
are intimate <laughs> amongst yeah. cattle in the in the cow pasture. Yeah. Uh, so they break in the football field, and Coach brings the team to the hardware store to get supplies to get the field ready. <laughs> but they don't know what's going on. Saracen says, "Oh, what what are we doing here?" <laughs> Coach says, we're going to build a football field, Saracen. Quit asking questions, which is <laughs> unnecessarily rude, I guess. I think uh, that's a valid coach. question to ask your football coach while you're at the hardware store. But Coach runs into Jason Street, yep. who is there buying some WD-40. <laughs> Presumably for his wheelchair. <laughs> uh, Street's pretty standoffish, yeah, he's all things happy. considered. Yeah. He's pretty stressed out. They have the settlement conference that night that coach will be at and yeah jason's never been very comfortable with that position so they kind of talk that over a little bit and jason seems pretty depressed about it in general and then after that conversation that jason has with coach taylor the next thing we see is jason laying on the couch at home watching tv and lila shows up and proceeds to chew him out yeah she really uh Street kind of explodes on her, and then she turns it right back around and makes him feel like a piece of crap. Yeah. And I got to say, you know, Jason snaps about how much his life sucks right now, which he definitely has some very good (laughs) points in there. And then Lila tells him to stop feeling sorry for himself and do something to make his situation better and stop being a jerk. And I thought, you know, she... Has some good points there as yeah, well. She had a good point, yeah. So I feel like justified freakouts on each other, but things are pretty tense right now in the street and Lila situation. Uh, we cut back to uh, a little scene of Coach and Buddy. They're clashing about putting the field in that field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Buddy's not um, a fan yet. Yeah, Buddy wants the the whole town to be there, and and how how are we going to do this, and how are we going to do that? And Coach once again brings up the uh, you know that childlike wonder <laughs> of just playing. Yeah, Buddy uh, gets in a chance to throw in some product placement for NBC. <laughs> There's our new Toyota Tundra. I got thirty of those. She's a real beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put some shameless Toyota plug in yes. there. Um, Landry and Saracen are at the barber barber shop. Yeah. <laughs> Landry's getting his haircut for the for the big date, and Saracen is just giving him crap. Yeah, uh, Saracen is is not having any of it. He's like, dude, you are not on a date. Like you were helping this girl learn. Yes. Like, get out of here, you know. Yeah. And, Tyra's, uh, Tyra's a smoke show and you are Landry. <laughs> like, just <laughs> Good point. Uh, Landry replies to that. It's going to be a big night for us and you just need to accept that. And Saracen says, I accept. It's going to be a huge night. I mean, you're probably going to square a lot of numbers, maybe figure <laughs> out a quadratic equation or something like that. Landry says, that's really cute. I'm really laughing on the inside, Saracen. It is. It's adorable what you're doing. <laughs> Uh, then we get this line. I don't know if you wrote this one down that Landry says to his barber. Yes. I uh, did. He says, uh, Carl, <laughs> Carl, not too tight. I don't want to look all afraid when I go and see my lady. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, he says he's going to go <laughs> declare himself to her. <laughs> Not too tight, Carl. They didn't um, have to name that Barbara Carl, but I'm glad they did. Me too, me too. <laughs> uh, so we see Lila and Waverly hanging out. Lila tells Waverly that uh, Mrs. Coach is a good person to talk to. Yes. Uh, Waverly pretty much sees exactly what she's trying to say and is furious. Yeah. Uh, she goes straight to the diner where she knows that Smash is hanging out for some reason. And uh, yeah, he's studying at the diner with some of his friends. They kind of take it outside. Smash gets pretty emotional. Yes. Um, probably the most vulnerable that we see Smash for sure up till this point, and one of the most vulnerable we ever see him in this entire series. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's really struggling with the fact that, you know, Waverly is, and this will sound harsh and I'll talk about <laughs> mental illness a little bit. Cause this, this scene kind of got me a little bit, but he talks about how Waverly like basically like dumped all this on him, which is fine, but then said, you can't tell anybody. And so now he's got to bear it all alone. And he said, I'm just not willing to do that. That's too much. That's too much. And Smash tells her, like, listen, you you have to talk to somebody about this. And, uh, yeah, I just wrote in all caps on this, uh, mental illness sucks. Like, in my personal, you know, that's a big part of my story, uh, depression and whatnot. And I kind of can picture some of these almost exact same conversations that that took place you know that kind of eventually were the reason that I became proactive and got help and started seeing a therapist and went on medications and stuff like that but yeah I brought up kind of a lot of that that junk about it so I feel for smash because that's a hard place to be as a friend and I feel for Waverly because yeah that right. just there <laughs> it just sucks there's not much you can do about it uh, when you're in the thick of it like that. So tough scene, but yeah, yeah. we see some, some humanness and smash and we like, it. yeah, pivoting hard. We got a beer in Tim Riggins. Hand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Tim, Tim's drinking a beer. He's on his way out of the house and, uh, Billy's like, where the hell are you going? <laughs> Tim says he's going back over to Jackie's. That's her name. Oh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think maybe we've heard that once before. Didn't register, but I wrote it down this time. Um, and Billy's basically like, uh, this isn't going to end well. Like, is that kid calling you dad yet? Like, there's right, only, yeah. there's, this isn't, uh, this isn't going to, this isn't going to turn out good for anyone. And in fact, it's probably going to end badly right around state when, yeah. you, when you need to be on your game. Billy being <laughs> the voice of reason. Which is as, concerning. As, yeah. Uh, not, not definitely not the norm. Um, so we see the, uh, the out of court settlement procedure, I guess you would call it. Yeah. And yeah, we got the street family. We've got coach trying to come to terms about the court case. Um, street stands up to his own lawyer. Yeah. Um, his lawyer's really just a, you know, like a stereotype greedy lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Piece of crap. 
trying to wring every dollar out of the situation. Yeah, every penny yeah. <laughs> of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Street says no. Like, and kind of, you know, after he does it, he tells his parents, like, hey, like, you know, how much we don't really need. Like, he's like, how about I write down a number? And if you accept that, that's what we'll do. Yeah. Uh, and then he writes down the number, shows his parents. He says, that's all we need. Yep. That'll cover the you know, debt. That'll, that'll cover all pay that. the house yep. or whatever. Yep. And coaches and the school's lawyer says, oh, we can live with this. And mm-hmm. and they, they settle the case. Uh, Street's lawyer doesn't look particularly thrilled. No. <laughs> but but screw that guy coach stands up he is as trying to get out of that room as quick as possible so he stands up immediately and he gives jason just one of those coach points where he doesn't say anything he just gives him an intense look and kind of points at him like yes son yes all right uh as only coach taylor can do yes uh we're back at the cow pasture and the the Brant Vikings coach is is there and they are arguing over whether it's even legal to play yeah. at that field and whether Dylan can d- even do this. Yeah, the uh the Vikings coach seems pretty uh opposed to the entire thing, basically refusing to play yeah. on the the makeshift field. Yep. But <laughs> I don't know, coach kind of pulls some I don't know, reverse his, psychology, his magic. Jedi mind tricks, <laughs> yeah. and goads him into it. Coach has got a knack for talking people into playing on this field. <laughs> yeah, that's and I, true. Yeah, I don't know how he does it. I don't know if he uh, should maybe go into a different profession that involves convincing other people of things, <laughs> advertising maybe, but like... Yeah, well, he hated the whole lawyer thing, which... Right, know, yeah, so like- definitely not lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they they agree to make it happen. He wins them over. Uh, so the the game at the cow pasture is on. Next thing we see, the field's all set up. It's good to go, and it's game day. We get a little montage here. We got a music cue that I appreciated. Yeah, the, killers, the killers. Yeah, yeah yep. Um, read my mind. I didn't know the song, but I I recognized it as the Killers. I I, I had heard it and recognized it as the Killers, but I could not place it, and I knew I knew it. Uh-huh. I tried to Shazam, and it didn't come up. And finally, it clicked with me. It was one of those moments where I was like, "Oh yes, I definitely." Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, it works cool. well. I don't I don't associate the Killers with West Texas, but it it worked. So yeah. the the game begins with an onside kick. Yes, what the heck? This is some insane play calling. <laughs> what is yeah. this? this this is maybe why the guy ended up in witness protection because (laughs) he took this crap too far eventually and the town wanted to kill him uh as we we come to find the dylan panthers much like the platte black panthers are the only only honorable team in their region (laughs) or district they're yeah they're obviously the last game that we saw i think it was that the people were late hitting and face masking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which was also just as much the ref's fault as it was the other team's fault, uh-huh. but they were absolute villains. This team also absolute villains. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think it's just insane play calling more than being <laughs> jerks. Right? Like they're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> Who does that? But it works for them. They kick an onside kick. Yeah. And I would say 99% of onside kicks end up with, somebody just curled up over the ball. Like you just hop on the ball, right? Not in this case. In this case, they pick well, that ball up and they run. They, yeah, they pick it up, they run. And then of course there's a fumble. 
Oh yeah, is there? and so yeah, so the Panthers get it. They recover the. No, um, no, 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 no. Yep, they score a touchdown and then they go for two. Yeah, so the Panthers get the ball. Uh-huh. The Vikings t- fum- make them fumble, and then they recover the fumble. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, and then they go in. Okay, I the, somehow must have been like typing some notes and missed the, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. just assumed got, it was all one big play. <laughs> I've got game begins with an onside kick and a fumble, so it's it is one okay. big play. It's onside kick. Panthers recover. Oh. They pick it up. They pick it up and run. Gotcha. Tackle, fumble, Vikings touchdown. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So they score and then. They follow up their opening onside kickoff with a fake field goal. Call. Yeah. Yes. Then they go for a fake field goal for a two-point conversion. And then it starts raining. So this game is already just off the walls nuts. Yeah. Um, about to get even more, <laughs> more nuts. nuts. Yeah. But uh, before we see any more of the game, we go back to Landry. Yeah who is uh, his car won't start trying to fix it. And we see Tyra uh, at the same time. She's showing up at the diner alone. I, we find out later. I thought it was the diner, but it's the Alamo freeze. So just, oh, so is we it? Have, okay. yeah, just so we have the geography. I, th- I think I, that comes up in this, the next episode. Okay. Um, but so we have, we can picture the geography of Dylan here in our minds. The Alamo Freeze, and yeah, Tyra is there. She arrives uh, to meet Landry, but Landry's not there yet. So she sits down and starts opening her books to study. And there's a creepy dude there who starts yeah. kind of hitting on her a little bit. Yeah, o- only one other person in the in the Alamo Freeze. He's there by himself. Uh, he yeah. asks Tyra why she isn't at the game. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what her response is, but she basically yeah. is like, "Got to study that." Yeah, or I got to study. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the the game, the field is turning into a mess. It's raining like crazy, so it's muddy. Everybody's slipping and sliding. Saracen throws an interception because of it. And uh, as Matt comes off, Coach kind of yells at Saracen a little bit, but then Street is there on the sidelines, and he gives Matt a little pep talk and encouragement, like, come on, man, you can do this. And you see Coach kind of take note. Of what's happening mm-hmm. there? So I already had he already had the drive by of seeing Jason and in, in Matt in action, in coaching, and so now he notices it again. They seen it up close. Yep. Uh, the Panthers get a touchdown and a two point conversion just before halftime. Yep. At halftime, the refs call in both teams. Mm-hmm. They say, "Hey, you know this is pretty bad." <laughs> <laughs> um, we should maybe, you know, call a game. Uh, players on both sides agree that they want to play. Yeah. Uh, which is apparently good enough for the refs. <laughs> okay. I guess if you want to, sure. Uh, they they change their mind. Yeah. Uh, with very little resistance. And yeah, so that's where we are at halftime. Yeah. Tyra realizes Landry isn't coming. So she gets up to leave there at the Alamo Freeze. Back to the game. It's all tied up. We're getting towards the end of the game. Oh no! Would do, doesn't that isn't that where the uh, this is where the attack happens? Well, they, there's a quick little. It's back and oh, forth. is there okay, until okay. basically until the end of this episode? It's like football game. Uh, 
Alamo Freeze football game, Alamo Freeze. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I did note some of that. I must have missed one flashback because I got Tyler sure. looks increasingly worried, decides to leave the diner on her way to her car. She's attacked, but maybe it was, maybe yeah. there was in between. There is. It's the pretty diner. irrelevant. Brant attempts a field goal, but the kicker slips in the mud mm-hmm. process and, and they missed the, the field goal. And yeah, then the assault scene happens. Yes. Yeah. So as, as Tyra's on her way to her vehicle, uh, the man in the diner comes out and says, Hey, you forgot your notebook as she turns around to acknowledge him. He uh, grabs her, throws her in the, uh, I don't know if it was his vehicle or her vehicle. I thought it would look like Macalette's pickup. But yeah, I think it was hers. Mm-hmm. That's what she's um, walking to. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, an attack. We cut from there to coach giving an inspirational halftime speech, right? Or yeah. maybe yep. just an inspirational sideline speech. I'm not sure. but Yeah. Either way, maybe my favorite coach speech so far. For sure. Up to this point. Absolutely. Yeah. So here it is. Blood, sweat, and tears. It all stays right here on this field right now. This is our dirt. This is our mud. This is ours, baby. Um, I do want to note real quick, uh, going back to the beginning of the game, there is a goof noted on the IMDb page <laughs> yeah. that uh, the Panthers were the home team, uh, but they called the coin flip. <laughs> I did see so this. That was, uh, so that's, know. yeah, because the visitor calls the coin flip. Yep. Just a little, just a little goof in there. <laughs> <laughs> We we cut back after that inspirational speech to see uh, Tyra. She managed to escape. Yeah. Uh, she gets she him gets with the cigarette lighter, which mm-hmm. is a pretty pretty good move. Yeah. Impressive. Um, she gets away. Saracen, we're back at the game. Saracen uh, throws a pass to Smash, catches it, slipping and sliding. He gets tackled. The clock is still running. We're basically, you know, coming down to the final seconds of the game. We go back to uh, Tyra. Landry shows up and Tyra tells him what happens and is obviously <laughs> very emotional and, uh, yeah, a mess. Yeah, she she embraces Landry. She kind of, you know, is just, I mean, bawling. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we cut back to... The game where we see Matt Saracen yeah. pull off the QB sneak. Yeah, everyone assumes he's going to spike it to stop the clock, but no. He he runs a play. He rolls out, keeps the ball. Tim Riggins, of course, throws just a smash of a, a lead yeah. block, and Matt gets into the end zone. And guess what? Last play of the game. Mm-hmm. The Panthers right, win. Last second. And let me tell you, once again, I got goosebumps. It was <laughs> it was great. It worked. Yep. <clears throat> uh, after the game, we get another classic smash prayer. <laughs> I didn't even write anything about it. I didn't <laughs> oh, talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry <laughs> to bring it up, but yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, right after Julie tackles Matt into the mud, yes. you know, and she. He doesn't know that they're moving yet, but 
she she obviously <laughs> is feeling it and she says i'll always love you no matter what happens and then they kiss and roll around in the mud <laughs> yeah and as that happens we see we go cut to smash and he's looking real proud <laughs> maddie Sarson. yeah my boy maddie he does like a <laughs> that scene that's kind of become a meme at the end of american pie 2 where they're all like uh, uh you know <laughs> cheersing at each other yeah uh, smash kind of does one of those where he looks he sees matt Saracen. he kind of proudly is like yeah and then he looks over and sees his mom and waverly and he's still (laughs) still just smiling you guys seeing this isn't this great (laughs) you like that mama uh so he 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 hugs mama smash he hugs waverly um we see tim uh embracing the neighbor jackie jackie right (laughs) yep bo's pretty excited yeah, Bo asks, are you sleeping over again tonight? Whoa. <laughs> and Tim just, if, uh, what does he say? It's like, I I know that we're going to state or yeah, something like that's that. that's right, that's right. <laughs> like, yeah, so the Dylan folks are, are pretty over the moon about, obviously, I mean, they're going to state. And Coach tells Jason, you know, he could see the difference in Matt tonight, asking me everything about coaching. Right before that, we see Landry consoling Tyra at the Alamo yeah. Freeze. And yeah, that's our episode. So we're yeah. we're ending on simultaneously a very high note and a very low note. Yes. So the Landry-Tyra relationship got real serious real fast with this somewhat shared experience. And the Panthers are going to state. So real cliffhanger. Real cliffhanger of an episode. Anything else to to point out about the the happenings of episode 20? The last scene with Landry and Tyra. Yeah. Did you get a sense that Landry is still kind of in Landry mode? That he's like, oh, this girl's kind of... Yeah. I mean, it, it... I think it was like a glimmer that crossed my mind that I kind of like shut down. Like, right. Is what? No, he can't be, but yes, it's kind of problematic. Like the, the, (laughs) you can tell, but like, he also like, he looks conflicted. Like you can tell that he doesn't feel good about feeling that way, but that he does (laughs) kind of seem to feel that way. Landry's a complicated guy. Yes. For sure. Yes, yes. And he's also a very desperate guy. When yeah. It comes right. to ladies. So yeah, a little yeah, a little uncomfortable there with how yeah. Landry is approaching the potential sexual assault of yeah. the girl that he likes. Yeah, he seems like he's maybe gonna use it like he's thinking about using it to his advantage almost. I'm not sure how else to, to put it, but I wouldn't and as we'll see in the next episode, I wouldn't necessarily uh, say that emotional maturity is one of Landry's greater traits, right. stronger traits. Mm-hmm. Um, he, yeah, almost kind of makes like Tyra to blame for the whole situation at least because he feels bad. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Landry is a little skeezy in that, yeah. but <clears throat> P- potential problematic. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think that's pretty much it for the episode. So let's take a little break and we'll be right back.
All right, this is the part of the show where we dig a little deeper into some of the characters. And yeah, I feel like we did have a little development here with with a few of our relationships, I would say. So why don't we start off with the Taylor family? They've got a lot going on right now. Yeah, tensions are high, obviously, with Julia, especially because she is not wanting to leave Dylan. Yeah, Um, She is, uh, really, we don't get a whole lot of Julie but the scenes that we do see her, I think are her dialogue is driven entirely by her concern about the, mm-hmm. the Taylors potentially moving. Yeah. And they really set that up last week. I felt like last week's episode was really heavy on Julie really voicing her concerns. And I, I really felt for her in that, you know, and her talking about how she's moved around her whole life and, Finally, this place that she didn't want to be in the first place started feeling like home and (laughs) she actually wanted to stay. And then, yeah, so Julie's not having it. She's really broken up about it. Tammy, we're kind of, I don't know if we've seen any chinks in the armor yet of her not being in support of the movie. I don't think so. Um She's pretty excited about it still. Yeah, she seems, uh, yeah, into it for sure up to this point. And we'll find out in the next episode that uh, she kind of starts to have the same concerns as Julie, but we don't want to go there yet. Not yet, no. Um, But we do see um, another touch of what we love about that Tammy and Coach relationship. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That they're willing to go and potentially, <laughs> as as you so eloquently put it, break in the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel like that part of their their relationship is is very healthy. They're absolutely it, it comes up a lot between those two, and I also feel like we get a little bit of what makes Coach Taylor tick in this episode. You know, when he's yeah. talking about you know just wanting to play kind of that love of the game type thing and where he gets this like wild hair about this football field. Yeah. And then he is able to just yeah, win everybody it. over and, and mm-hmm. pull it off. And yeah. So I, you know, I think this was, this was one of coach Taylor's better episodes in absolutely. In my opinion, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll put a numerical value to that a little bit later. Yes, on, but, but I thought, yeah, we, we saw the best of coach in a lot of ways in this episode. Um, Landry and Tyra, we've, we've set off on an adventure, uh, <laughs> at this point. And if this is your first time, you don't even know, you don't even yeah. know what's, yeah. what's we, about to happen. Listen, this is a, uh, this is a overseas flight and we haven't even taken off yet. <laughs> <laughs> we are taxiing on the runway. Yeah, we're we're in for a bumpy ride. Uh, yeah, we are no law. We are nowhere near as ridiculous and wild as this is going to get. Yeah. What do you think it is that draws Landry to Tyra, and then Tyra to Landry? I mean, Tyra to Landry. Landry treats her well what she's never experienced right. or tries to treat her well so i kind of get that but i can tell you exactly what draws landry to yep. tyra it's Go. that she's extremely hot <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that pretty much is enough reason for any 16 year old dude watching it this go around so 
we've kind of talked about this before about how on previous I this go around has made me realize how much I don't like Lila. Mm-hmm. And I think my previous love of Lyra, Lila was drawn from her being extremely attractive, which she is. Yeah. But watching it now, 10 years later, especially in this episode of the next, like Tyra is uh, a stunning, stunning girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, also she's uh, like six foot tall and blonde, which is basically <laughs> my type to a T. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Landry is, just very smitten by her. And, you know, I feel like she also, he can see how she has not been treated well and how she's been treated poorly. And he sees that and he knows that he can treat her better. I feel like that's kind of like the, just the, the typical, like, good non attractive nice guy fantasy. Yeah. Nice. Exact. There it is. Yes. The nice guy fantasy. Like, Oh, she does. And nice guy in quotes, by the way. <laughs> I just want to clarify. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, we saw night when we say nice guy, we're not talking about nice guys. <laughs> we're talking about nice guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think he's he's kind of built that up in his head that you know she just needs someone who will treat her right and that he can he can treat her so much better than specifically yeah. Tim Riggins does and you know what he's probably right in that but yeah yeah <laughs> uh so that's that's landry and tyra and then the other relationship uh i want to look at is waverly and smash so their relationship has gotten to some pretty serious places at this point yeah we are in a um a completely different uh situation that we uh were just a few weeks ago at the uh the fair <laughs> Uh, they are in a yeah completely different position uh as we find out you know waverly is uh you know has mental illness which Mm -hmm. is uh, obviously very serious we see smash kind of you know see how vulnerable or he goes into a vulnerable place Mm -hmm. to really say listen you know I really do care for you and this is important to me uh, that you be in good shape (laughs) and not be, uh, you know, basically feeding into this awful uh, disease basically that's, uh, you know, hurting you Yeah, and you're enabling it and I don't want to help you enable it. Yeah. And I don't know how to make you see that, (laughs) you know, I got to say, you know, as someone who has experienced similar things firsthand, 17 year old guys are not equipped to handle situations like this. <laughs> They're just, you're just not capable at that point. So that being considered, you know, I think smash having that conversation and be willing to say those things is pretty darn impressive, especially yeah. for smash Williams. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, we, we really do see a, a side of smash that we don't, that we don't often get to see and it's a good development even if it's hard even if it's like a rough scene i think it's still good i don't know if it, if he handled it perfectly per se but pretty well all things yeah. considered because it sure. was it he was, exceeded expectations yeah it was still and it's smash so of course it's going to be about him but it was he really made it about him like i can't handle this this is too much for me you need to get help because i can't do this so that that was keeping with smash in 
maybe not the most helpful way if you're in that situation to uh, <laughs> help someone dealing with mental illness to make it all about how they are affecting you and how <laughs> uh, yeah. what your mental illness is doing to them. So don't start there at least, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, for 17 year old smash Williams, good on you, man. Yeah. Way to go. Any other, any other touch points on any of our characters or should we move on to our awards for the week? I think let's move on to the awards. I think that was a good coverage of really the most important characters in this. Uh, I guess we could talk about the relationship between uh, Tim Riggins and Jackie. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, we, we basically have already covered what's going on there. Yeah. It's, it's uh, weird and inappropriate. She knows it. um, But Hey, for Tim, like, all right, (laughs) of course you're going to roll with that. Right. Yeah. He's getting some like real actual, like, human needs met i feel like in this relationship it's he's never had a normal family before not that this is normal but like he's actually having like the mom and dad and child experience yeah even if he's the dad in this situation i think it's it's still feeding that part of him that has probably never been met before so i don't blame tim for this at all (laughs) no i agree when i don't i don't blame Bo for this at all uh how could you (laughs) yeah Great kid. Just loves Tim Riggins. Jackie, questionable. But you know what? She's had a rough go of it. Yeah. Uh, she has needs. Yeah, she's making a questionable call uh, that I myself personally would not advocate <laughs> or make myself. But, uh, you know, we we don't know what she's gone through. Yeah. So, uh, when, I mean... For a relationship to Tim, for Tim with Tim Riggins to feel normal, is uh, she's she's gone through it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we can judge it on the surface, but I don't feel like we need to we need to judge Jackie too harshly in this no, situation. No. So, all right, that about covers that. We will hit up our awards here after a little break. All right, we are on our last segment of the episode. We always give out our weekly awards. And as always, we're going to start with the Coach Taylor Inspo rating this week. Like I said, Coach Taylor on top of his game. Yeah. I'm going to give him a a nine mm-hmm. at risk of, of going too high too fast. Uh, I think a nine is a good score for him. I, You know what? I I respect your your caution and you know your willingness to to leave some room for improvement but <laughs> I'm willing to go there. I think I Do think it. this is I think this is a 10 man. This is it. All right. All right. And and he will get to a 10 again. But I oh, think this sure. is this is coach on this top of it. his game. Okay, right. let's let's list all the things that he is inspirational on this episode. One the whole football field cow pasture thing. Impressive, you know, creating something out of nothing, taking a crappy situation and turning it into an advantageous situation for your team. Great. The speeches he gives during the game, top notch. 
he identifies the coaching ability in Jason and starts to call that out and affirm that in him, which I think is great. So, man. I'm all right with it. I just think there's not any, there are no missteps for coach. And uh, I'll just say that won't last long (laughs) for next episode. But are you good? Can we do a 10? I'm absolutely all right with the 10. All right. Way to go, coach. We love you. You've done it. Let's see. He went from a two episodes. He was a two, went up to a five last week. And now he just hit a 10. So that is some impressive rapid improvement. So pretty excited about that. Julie Taylor, we didn't have much of her in this episode. How, where do you, what do you feel about her? She's definitely in the negatives uh, for me on this one. We can be sympathetic to what's going on. Yeah. Like a negative four, negative five, somewhere in there. I mean, we, we only see her like exclusively as a, a sympathetic character here. So, yeah. I would have given her a negative two because she's not necessarily likable. We just feel sorry for her. So if you're a negative four and I'm a negative two, if we meet at a negative three, are you good with that? I'm 100. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Uh, we had one beer, I believe, on the big rig beer tally for this week. Yeah, I didn't even note that one. Uh, so I'm glad that you caught it. But yep. I even made sure that it was a that it was a beer and it wasn't like a soda or something. So we have one that brings us up to 43 total beers for the season so far. We have two more episodes to um, add to that tally. So 43 doing well. Music cue. We both picked out the killers. I think right. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that song, Read My Mind. Read My Mind. Our Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. We didn't get a lot of Buddy in this episode. I'm going to go with him peeing on the side of the road when they were apparently pretty (laughs) close to Dylan. (laughs) Couldn't wait. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know I have one in here somewhere. Oh, uh, (laughs) there it is. My nomination would be uh, Buddy being very skeptical of the need for testing for <laughs> uh, toxic fumes near the football oh, yeah, field. Yeah. That's a good one too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that would be <laughs> that would be my nomination for the week. He's not so sure we need to be worried about a chemical spill near the school. Can't we just <laughs> move on and carry on with practice? Okay. What are your nominations for quote of the episode? So my two quotes of this episode both come from Landry. Mm -hmm. The first being in response to Tyra saying, I don't need a tutor. Yeah, that's solid for sure. I like that. My second quote also from Landry. It's got to be the barber, right? Yeah. It says, (laughs) Carl, not too tight. I don't want to look all frayed when I go and see my lady. Yes. Very good. Uh, I don't really have anything to add to that. I appreciated that when Billy Riggins in response to Tim going over to Jackie's again said, I might not have a PhD in stupid like you do. <laughs> Which I thought was a pretty good line, but not coach of the week or uh quote of the week material. So I like the not too tight, Carl. I, I wrote that down <laughs> as well. So I think we got to go with that. Yep. Okay. So. 
Coach has got a rating. Julie's got a rating. We've added to our big rig beer tally. We've uh, discussed the sleaziness of Buddy Garrity. We have noted some music cues. We've named our quote of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) And so I believe that leaves us with uh, just the episode rating. Well, Josh, uh, now's the time to open that text I sent you a few moments ago. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to open that up. See what we have here. Uh, We have a gif of Kobe Bryant, uh, I'm assuming at a dunk contest, holding up a 10 sign. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I'm with Kobe on this one, man. Same. This is when I think of the great Friday Night Lights episodes, this is the one I think of first. Yeah, this is the first one that comes to mind for sure. Yep. Yeah, it's it's as good as it gets. It, when I was watching this episode and the next episode, I just I don't even know how to how to express it, but it was I just really loved Friday Night Lights as I was watching these, which seems like an obvious thing to say since we are 20 episodes into a podcast about the show. Just like, man, yes, this is a great, phenomenal show. And I'm glad I am watching it right now in this moment. So it's agreed. All right. So there it is. Uh, a perfect episode. Yes. We, we love to see it. We love to talk about it. I will be thrilled when I watch Friday night lights again and I get to the mud bowl episode. I'm just going to be excited every time. So it's been a, it's been a pleasure reminiscing on, on this episode with you and South Dakota politics, (laughs) South Dakota (laughs) politics. I'm glad we covered that. Uh, I'm sure our listeners in uh, Ireland will be (laughs) happy to hear about that. Uh, But do go check out the bill Janklow Wikipedia page. This guy ran South Dakota for, Many, many years. So yes. if anybody that's listening to this has a connection to somebody who's a screenwriter <laughs> or a filmmaker, uh, why don't you hip them to the Wikipedia page for Bill Janklow because it's a fascinating story. Also, his dad was a lawyer for the Nuremberg trials. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. No way. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, what a life, Bill Janklow. <laughs> And did he have diabetes? Is that why he was passionate about I mean, it? Or yeah, he did because that was his excuse when oh, he killed a man. Right, was that he was reaching over to get his insulin. Duh! Of course, he had freaking diabetes. It cost a man his life. Not funny. Okay, and not Bill Jenkins. <laughs> uh. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.